0: Today we uh, continue this series on the book of Philippians. We're coming toward the end. Next week is our last uh, message in this series. Today, Paul tells us a very important secret. So let's pray and we'll jump right in. God, we again thank you for this great letter that Paul wrote to the Philippians that still speaks to our hearts in uh, very real ways today, 2,000 years later. We pray that you would speak to us again um, and help us to learn more about the life, the abundant life that you have for us. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. It is really tragic to live our lives filled with if-onlys. Do you know what I mean by if-onlys? Let me describe it to you. This is what a life with if-onlys looks like. If only I could get straight A's. If only I could get into a great university. If only I can graduate from that university. If only I can get a good job when I graduate. If only I can get married, fall in love. If only I can get a job where they really appreciate me and I'm making six figures. If only I could have, we could have, great kids who are thriving, and if only they could get into great universities. If only I could get, have good health and retire with good health. If only, if only. Do you see what happens if our lives are filled with if-onlys? We never are really satisfied. We're never content. That's why our passage today is something really to pay attention to. Because inside of each one of us, we yearn for satisfaction. We really yearn for contentment. Now Paul, again, is in a situation where he very easily could not be satisfied and not content. He could be living by if-onlys. But instead, he says something truly remarkable in this passage. He comes right out and gives us his secret to be able to rise above circumstances, to be unshakable, as we've been looking at this whole series, to be content. Listen to what he says. Listen to these amazing words. He writes to the Philippians, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. Now, what he's talking about here, just so you can understand this, he's, it seems as though the Philippians sent him a gift to help him get by. And so he's, he's dealing, talking about this gift. Then he continues, I am not saying this because I am in need. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And then this verse that we looked at last week. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Or as we probably know it, uh, more familiar translation, I can do all all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul is not living a life full of if-onlys. He has no regrets as he comes to the end of his life. Instead, he is content. Now the word, the Greek word for content here is an interesting word. It was used originally for uh, the feeding of animals. So A fattened or satisfied animal was described with this Greek word. Paul is full, he's saying. He's satisfied. He has found something that lasts. You know, my daughter is a vegetarian and she's living with us right now through this pandemic. And so we often have vegetarian food for dinner and I love it. It's good food. But boy, what I have discovered come around the third or fourth quarter of the game that I will watch after dinner, I get hungry and I need to make (laughs) some popcorn or something. Paul's not talking about that. He's finding something that lasts, that endures. He's not in need of anything. He is free of if-onlys. Let me ask you this morning, how would you like to be able to say that? Wow, what a great way to live life, huh? to be able to have a sense of satisfaction, to say I can be content no matter what life throws at me, whatever the circumstances, I am content. I have found the secret, I'm satisfied. You know, that's a great way to live life, wouldn't you agree? It seems to me like all of us are looking for that sort of satisfaction, that Contentment in life, contentment is just one of the greatest feelings we ever experience. Actually, this desire for contentment is what advertisers uh, hit us with so much in their commercials and their ads. So many of the ads that we see on TV, they may say, get this car, but really what they're saying is, get this car and you will be content. You'll have life to the fullest. Paul has learned the secret of being content, whatever the circumstances. It's a great secret. Now I think it's interesting that Paul says, I have learned to be content. It's something that he has learned. Paul is at the end of his life, and he has trusted Christ with his life for many years, through many different situations, all kinds of circumstances. Paul knew there would be good times and bad times, that Christ would be with him no matter what. You know, in 2 Corinthians 11, Paul talks about all that he has experienced in life, the hardships. He's been in prison numerous times. He was whipped. He was stoned. He experienced three shipwrecks. After one of those shipwrecks, he bobbed up and down in the, in the ocean for, for 24 hours. He was in danger from the Jews and the Gentiles. He went without sleep. He was hungry. He was thirsty. In other words, Paul has been around the block a few times. And he knew from experience that nothing was forever. There is something about trusting God with your life for many years through ups and downs that teaches you something you know i'm kind of old i mean i'm not really old i'm still kind of young but i'm kind of old kind of young i don't know i guess the best way to say it is i've been around for a while and i've walked with christ for many many years i i've learned some things like paul i've Learn that, you know what, there are going to be great times, there's going to be not so great times, there's going to be lean times, and there's going to be times where things are plentiful. I've learned the stock market sometimes is going to go way up, and sometimes it's going to hit bottom. There are times when California real estate is so hot, you'll stand in line to get it. And there are other times when it's so cold, you won't touch it. There There are times when marriage is just, pure joy. And there are times when it's a struggle. There are times when your career is just hitting on all cylinders and is very enjoyable. And there are other times when, oh, it's not. We know now that there are times when we experience a pandemic. And there will be a time when the pandemic is over. There's a great saying that I I say to myself many times. This too shall pass. This too shall pass. The good times will come. The bad times will come. You learn to take the long view. And you also learn a very important truth. Here's the truth. Contentment, what Paul is talking about here, really has nothing to do with circumstances. Paul says, I know. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have abundance. It really doesn't matter either way. I can be content when I have a lot, and I can be content when I don't have very much. The circumstances of my life really don't have anything to do with my contentment. I know what it is to be in need, And that I know what it is to have plenty. You know, there's something uh, very surprising here, isn't there? Something that we can kind of pass over very easily. Paul says, I have learned to be content when I have a lot. Now, we would understand if Paul said, I have learned to be content when I don't have very much. But when he says, I have learned to be content when I have a lot, we would just automatically kind of assume that of course you would be content when you have abundance. Because that's the message that our culture sends us every day, probably hundreds of times per day, is that we will find satisfaction. We will be content when we have more. More money, more car, more clothes, more vacations, more homes. I think this is why Paul says the key to his contentment is a secret it's not something we expect paul says no sometimes you need to learn contentment when you have a lot you know a funny thing in my life i and you may have found this to be true i have met people who are dirt poor and are content and i have found people who are rich and are really not content at all they're restless Toward the end of my uh, three years at Princeton Seminary, I, you know, I was going to graduate. It's time to start looking for a job. And I received a call uh, right before the end of my third year to be associate pastor at Burlingame, First Presbyterian Church of Burlingame across the bay. Great place to live, great little town. It so happened that the president of the seminary, Dr. Gillespie, Tom Gillespie, this was the church he served just prior to becoming president. Of the seminary. And so when he heard that I received this call, he asked me to come into his office. His, actually, his assistant called me and set up an appointment, and I went into what I felt like was the Holy of Holies, and we sat down and we talked. And he said, Steve, you know what's interesting about serving in Burlingame? And he said, "Hillsboro, San Mateo, San Mateo area. Hillsborough is that nice little town, very wealthy town kind of nestled between San Mateo and Burlingame up in the hills. He said, you know, living in, in that area is kind of like living at the end of the rainbow. And when people get there, they think they, they've made it. There are no more if-onlys when you live in Hillsboro. He said, but here's the interesting thing. I found in my years there that although these people had everything one could ever wish for, they were not content. They were restless, some of them. They weren't satisfied. Since it says it's an interesting place to be a pastor because the gospel, the good news of God's grace and love, is the thing that can fill people up. I found that to be true in those seven years that I worked there. You can have everything, everything the world offers, and not be able to say what Paul says here. I have learned the secret, being content in any and every situation. It has nothing to do with circumstances, because contentment, It's not really an external thing. It's an internal thing. It's what's going on in here. It has to do with being rich in Christ. And that's Paul's secret. He says this great verse that we looked at last week, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, through him who gives me strength. You know, this is one of the most misinterpreted verses in the entire Bible, and I, I want to get into this a little bit. It can be used to justify all kinds of things. You know, I know Steph Curry, that great point guard for the Golden State Warriors, used to write it on his, on his uh, basketball shoes. I can do all things, or maybe it was the verse um, citation. Evander Holyfield, I remember When he fought Mike Tyson on his robe, his pre-fight robe, he had these words, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And my guess is that he meant Christ was going to empower him to punch the heck out of Tyson, and he did. But the next fight, he fought Lennox Lewis, and he had the same robe. And Lennox Lewis punched the heck out of him. (laughs) You're in class and you haven't studied But you say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you fail the test. You know what? You probably should have studied. You know what we do sometimes with this verse? It's our verse for whatever I feel like doing, God's going to give me the power to do it. I can do whatever I want through Christ who strengthens me. And no doubt, Christ's power inside of us helps us to live beyond ourselves. Christ's power in us, his love in us, helps to conquer our fears. It empowers us to become overcome our insecurities. It enables us to love like we could have never loved on our own power. No doubt, Christ in us empowers us to live beyond ourselves. Christ will give us the power to do those things he calls us to do. His will for our lives. But this verse does not mean that anything we want Christ will give us the power to do it. It doesn't mean I can become rich through Christ who strengthens me, or I can excel in my career through Christ who strengthens me, or I can have a beautiful girlfriend, the most beautiful young woman in the world through Christ who strengthens me. You know, Voltaire once said, God created man in his own image, and now man is returning the favor. That's not what this verse means. Now, you've got to look at the context. important to always look at the context when you cite a verse. In the context, in this context, Paul is talking about contentment and finding contentment in all situations, in plenty and in want. The purpose of this verse is to tell you the secret. And Paul's secret is this. When you are rich in Christ even if you don't have a penny to your name, you can be content. Christ has so filled my life, Paul says, that when external circumstances are really tough, I'm okay. Paul is saying to the Philippians, it's great you have sent me this gift. I appreciate it, but I I really don't need it. I'm good. I am rich in Christ. And that richness, that contentment, doesn't depend at all on my external circumstances. Paul is full, he is satisfied, he's content, because a great big God is living inside him and filling him up. You know, one of the things I love about ministry is I just meet some, I have met some amazing people. And I always say the everyday ordinary people are the most, Extraordinary people, not the celebrities and all the people that we hear so much about. I had a man in my congregation in Chico. Taught chemistry at Chico High for 35 years. Wore a suit and tie every day. Married to the same woman, 65 years. Amazing woman. Loved and served our church since his teens. Stuck with it through good times and bad times, lean and full times. Enjoyed gardening, feeding the birds outside, watching them. He told me one time, those birds are the fattest birds in the world. Well, he unfortunately came down with a cancer that was very aggressive, and we knew his life was coming to an end soon. So I went to visit him at his home. And so really, in a sense, we were saying goodbye. I knew I would not see him again. And I'll never forget our conversation. He said to me, Steve, I have had such a rich life. I am a rich man. And he wasn't talking about mm-hmm. wealth in a, material, in a material sense. And I sensed in his voice that he was content. He didn't have any regrets. And I told him, I said, you know, your words remind me of the parable of the rich young fool. You know, the story goes, he became very wealthy He didn't know what to do with all his things, So he built bigger and bigger barns. And God came to him and he said, oh, you fool. Tonight I take your life away from you. What good is it for you to have all this? And not be rich toward God. People who are rich toward God love Christ. They love their loved ones. They give their life away. They're full. This man was still volunteering at the school that we adopted, this low-income school, helping a young man increase his reading level. Thrilled with it. Humble man. But he was rich. You see, in some ways... Paul's secret is more and more, but instead of more and more things or achievements or wealth or riches or things, Paul's secret is more and more of Christ. It is knowing the love and grace of Christ in a deeper and deeper way. It is knowing the presence of God in his life, no matter what happens. You know, in this series, we have seen very clearly that Christ is the center of Paul's life. In some ways, you know what? I'm preaching the same sermon every week. Paul is independent of his circumstances because he is dependent on Christ. He trusts Christ with his life. And because of that, he sees the long view. And he's able to rise above his circumstances and be unshakable. You know, Jesus once said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And Christ's audience that day included people who were very poor, who knew real hunger, who lived from day to day, and there was a strong possibility that they indeed would be hungry in a few days. But he wasn't talking about that was talking about a satisfaction of the soul, contentment, regardless of the circumstances. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Amen. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for this amazing passage, and really we thank you for this amazing man Paul the Apostle, and we thank you for being able to see inside his life, his interior life, through this letter to the Philippians. God, I pray for all of us. We look for this contentment, this satisfaction, this ability to to take life and all that it throws at us with grace and magnanimity, to not be tossed and turned by the circumstances of our lives. Lord, may we know, may we learn to look to you, to fill us up, to help us to be content, whether in plenty or in want. Through your grace, we ask these things. In Christ's name, amen.